School Counselor. Welcome back to the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm Steph Johnson, a full-time school counselor just like you. So excited that you've chosen to join me for another podcast episode. And this week, you are going to hear such an inspiring story. I'm here to tell you, if you do not walk away from this feeling empowered, inspired, and like you can make a true difference on your campus with even things that feel small at the beginning, then uh, you haven't been listening closely enough because this interview with my friend Lydia Larimore is going to be a game changer for you. I had the pleasure of speaking with Lydia over the holiday break, which now seems like a hundred years ago, doesn't it? Uh, But really, it was only about six or seven weeks ago. She answered an open call for podcast guests. And as we were talking about this new initiative at her school, you know, she kept saying, man, I just, I really hope it lands the way it should land. We're seeing some tremendous growth. We're seeing some great numbers coming out of this. I just hope it continues. And it did. It sure continued. She was recently honored along with her co-counselor, Allison Foltz, as a Virginia Department of Education difference maker for her region. That award goes to a school counselor or to a counseling team who make a true difference in the lives of the students they serve. So I'm going to let Lydia tell you all about her initiative in her own words and how she caught the eye of the Virginia Department of Education But before she does that, I want to give her just a moment to introduce herself to you. I'm Lydia Larimworth. Today actually marks three years as a school counselor. I started during COVID. Um, I activated my license during COVID. I work at a Title I school here in Northern Virginia. And the reason why I chose this demographic in this area is because I wanted to be the school counselor that I wish I had when I was a student. I had a counselor tell me that I would never be as successful as my brother. And that tore me to pieces. I let one person say something and it derailed me for a good two decades of my life. And I was about to give up my dream to become a school counselor until my husband said, why? Why would you stop? So in 2016, I went back to school, got my second master's in education, school counseling, and didn't activate my license after I got licensed because I wanted to volunteer in as many schools as possible. But when COVID hit, I wasn't allowed to work with students unless I was employed. And Prince William County was the only county that was hybrid at the time. And fortunate enough, I was offered a position right away. Ever since then, I've just been loving that I get the freedom to make programs however I want to do. And because we're not fully accredited here, Um, the one that was holding us back this year was attendance. And so I said, game on. I love Lydia's go-getter attitude, that can-do spirit that I'm sure serves her students well each and every day. And I think part of the reason that I love it so much is not just because it's great for students, but because I recognize it in so many of you. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to bet you have that same go-getter spirit too. And we need to make sure that we harness that power, right? That we cultivate it to use it for the betterment of our schools and our communities. Lydia went on to talk about more of her background, 
how it informs her school counseling work today, and a major hurdle she had to overcome. One of her passions is helping her students identify their own intrinsic power and how they can use their voices to not only elevate themselves, but others around them. Absolutely, because I have a background in logistics and I have a master's in business administration. I just took all the different tools that I picked up along the way and utilized it in this particular career that's always been in my heart since I was a child. But I think looking back now, I can think that school counselor were telling me that I would not be successful because um, it gave me a chance to grow up. It gave me a chance to see the world. And it also gave me a chance to add more tools to my belt before I actually start working in this career and knowing that I love it. You know, now that I teach birth mindset too, it's how easily people have power over us by what they say or even what we say to ourselves. And so I think when we learn the power that we have within ourselves, and now that I get to teach it to other students, like, no, you hold the power. Your voice should be bigger. So I think once you find that power, like that light bulb goes off. Isn't this a neat story so far? I mean, if you just haven't fallen in love with Lydia so far, I don't know. I don't know what you need. It's amazing to hear how she was able to step into a new identity that she wasn't able to really see for herself before. And once she was able to do that, she was off to the races, making huge impacts for students. And loving it every day because I first like, well, what if I don't like it? What if she was right? And what if I shouldn't be here? But coming into this with a different mindset, different perspective, different set of life experiences, because I'm a lot older now, too. And I think having all of that come together in a way, negative, positive, whatever it is, does not be perfect. We just have to be here. So now that you've heard part of Lydia's story and how she got where she is today, I know you're already super inspired by her determination, by her heart, and by her spirit for her work. When we spoke, I asked her to tell me about the huge initiative that she had going on her campus at that moment. It was something she said she was super proud of and was starting to draw some attention in her neck of the woods. I asked her to tell everybody what it was all about, not knowing it was going to catalyze an award just a few weeks later. It's taking off in so many different ways. I had no idea that it would take off like this. So back in September, we realized that we needed to make a change to our school climate and culture. Not only students should be at school, but also how can we empower students at our school? So mm-hmm. I took that initiative and say, hey, I want us to be accredited. Selfishly, I do. But also I work with the upper class in this year and I wanted to give them the tools. Again, making them the driver in the driver's seat there. And so encouraging the students to help other students. At the same time, bringing students into school more so that we can get our test scores out, so that we can be accredited for attendance and all this other good stuff that's going to happen. And so in September, I was sitting there. I was watching my kids. I have two boys in high school now. And my youngest just started high school this year. And he was so scared and so apprehensive. and didn't want to go to school. And so my oldest one, he's a mentor. Uh, they call it ambassador at his high school. And he said, Don't worry, mom. I got him. And wasn't quite sure how that's going to look. But after a week of my oldest saying, no, I got him. Um, I'll take care of him. If I'm not there, he's got other mentors. There's other ambassadors at the school. 
that can also show him the way or encourage him. So my oldest one, everything just like checked in with him for just even minutes every morning. Hey, how are you doing today? What are your goals for today? What do you want to do today? And then just seeing that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like having a big brother. And how can I harness that with my students at my school? So that's from the program came about watching their interaction and seeing my youngest one opening up more, wanting to go to school. Now he's like doing sports in school, his grades are up. And my oldest one feels I'm very empowered. And, you know, I, I can do this as he's getting ready to go off into the real world. But when I brought that initiative here, it, I literally had four days. Like, how can I do this before October? Because October is our longest month, five weeks. And then we're also hitting the end of the quarter. And so be my logistics mind, again, those different tools that I've had before, threw it all together, uh, collaborate with the teachers, got the mentors I needed got the mentees that I needed by looking at their attendance, by looking at our chronic absenteeism, right? By looking at all these different data, pairing them up by Friday, had a meeting with the mentors, mentees. This is what it's going to look like. It's how I presented to them. I said, you know, hey, mentors, I want to give you guys some leadership skills to work with kids K through four. And your goal is just check on them. Ask them how they're doing today. And here's your tracking sheet for them. And just mark that they're here. We're also a zone school, so we do the four different zones language. So I said, you know, ask them, like, what zone are they in? Ask them, do they need help or coping strategy? So it's a one-minute check-in every day. And they said, sure, I can do that. But then with my mentees, I said, you know, I need you to do a job as well. Your job is when a mentor comes to check in with you, your job is to ask them, how are you doing? Practice your social skills and check in with them because they're checking with you. Thank each other and then go about your business. So since that third October 2nd, End of quarter was November 3rd. We went from 25% chronic absenteeism rate last quarter, last school year. This quarter, this school year, quarter one, we went down to 12.8. Man, think about the potential for change for these students and the way that they see themselves and what they believe they're capable of. Lydia's making huge impacts, not only for her students, but for her community as a whole. Through a program that on the surface seemed like a simple daily intervention. I have a really empowering story. So we did round two after Thanksgiving. And I had a student who moved away. So he lost his mentee. My mentor lost a mentee. And he wanted another student. Well, it kind of happened where I had another student who needed a mentor. Didn't have attendance issues. He just had some social emotional issues. So I pair them up, have them meet, and right away I felt tension. These two guys are bigger than me, and they're staring each other down. I think, well, like, what's going on? And out of nowhere, my mentor reached across, and he said, hey, dude, and shook his hand. And he said, we're good. He said, I'm so sorry for what happened yesterday at recess. I didn't mean to make you mad, but can we be okay? And the mentee's like, yeah, yeah, Okay. And he apologized and they did a fist bump and then he went back to class. I'm walking with my mentor back and like, what's going on? And like, is this going to be okay? Are you guys going to fight? Like, what's going on here? And he's like, Miss Larimer, don't you worry about it. He's like, I'm his mentor now. I'm going to do better by him. That's just one of some of the examples that I've gotten so far in just a couple of months of pairing a mentor with a mentee of how they just like reach across their barriers, reach across their insecurities, reach across the anger they had before. I've had some who are, so I also run an after school club and I paired them up until I forgot they were in my club together. 
And instead of fighting in my club after school, like they normally did, they actually want to help each other. Like they're like, oh, it's cold outside. We're running outside. Here, take my coat. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? Like these machismo guys, they're just like, we're going to do better. Like we're going to walk the talk. And they're like, Miss Lemmer, you always talk about integrity. There's no integrity. Would you ever have imagined that checking in for one minute a day with selected students could make such a profound difference? It's super cool, right? I asked Lydia because I knew you were going to be wondering, what are the logistics? How do you make this program roll on your campus? Where do you find the time for kids to make connections? How many kids are involved? And really, how does it all work? I have all these folders um, that I create for every pairing. And basically, I have everything written out. They're prompt questions. Also, the data that they have to keep in there. Have it all lined up. I can use the end of their lunchtime. So when they see it's 105, they see me up at the front of the stage, waving my hand. They all come up. They grab their folder, they grab a pencil, walk out to check on their students and come right back in. And then they line up to go back to class. So it doesn't interrupt their academic times. It doesn't interrupt the other students' academic time. But a lot of it is behind the scenes of what I do. Tracking the data and also creating the folders, doing the pairings, getting parent permission, of course. I like to do a debrief at the beginning. I just like to do, this is what we're doing. This is how you interact with one another. Laying that foundation. And then I don't make it difficult. So make it as simple as possible. So one minute check-in. If a student says to you, they want to talk about their boyfriend, girlfriend, and everything, or whatever it is that they're on their mind, you just tell them very nicely, I'm so glad that you're here today. However, if you have anything else you want to talk about, I can refer you to our school counselor. As I heard Lydia talking about her program, I started wondering, did she spend time coaching mentors on how to have these conversations? Was she teaching them how to politely decline some of the conversations or divert conversations to a different time or a different person? I assumed they got some help before they turned loose to mentor, but I wanted some more information. Absolutely. We do it for both the mentors and the mentees, especially the mentee that likes to talk a lot. We would also coach them on this is not the time for you to unload on someone who's learned leadership skills. Your job is to practice your social skills with them, but not to inundate them. And that was a good learning experience for a couple of our mentees who didn't have those social cues. And now they're reading those social cues a bit better. They're being more cognizant. Oh my gosh, I'm talking too much. Or, oh, I'm not practicing enough empathy. Someone's asked me how I am and I forgot to ask them how they are. Or someone's telling me they're sad. Do I just mark the, the, the folder and walk off? Or do I actually ask them, well, How can I help? So it's been a huge one. By this point in the conversation, I was sold on this style of intervention. But I wondered what happened once a mentor told their mentee they needed to refer them to the school counselor. What kinds of conversations followed that? And what was the timeline for all of that? I was just trying to get an idea of how this could all come together to work smoothly. When students come back with the folders, I ask them, well, how's your mentee doing today? How was so-and-so doing today? And they'll say, well, Slaramore, so-and-so is doing great today. Or, hey, so-and-so is stressed out today. They ask to see you today. Or, I think they're really sad, but I don't, I don't know what's going on. They don't want to talk about it. No worries. So my co-counselor and I, depending on our grade level, 
I'll let her know like, hey, your fourth band right now is experiencing some kind of big feelings. Not sure what's going on. Do you want to go check on them? So then we check in on the mentees. So what they do, they come back and they they have to report to us like what's going on. If it's good, they just like, hey, we're good. And they just give it to me. And if it's something more than that, they definitely have to tell us. We don't we don't just take the folders and run. As school counselors, we are perpetually interested in the numbers, right? (laughs) We are always thinking about how many we have on our caseload. How many does everybody else have on their caseload? If you're sitting there wondering how many students is Lydia serving, how is she able to make this all run? I just had to ask the same thing while we were talking. So we have over 600 students at our school. There are two counselors here. So I'm about a little over 300 students on my caseload. This year, I'm first grade, third grade, and fifth grade. And that's why I'm able to work with the fifth graders this year. This is the first time they've ever had a mentorship program. So I'm excited to, to roll this out with them. Our first round of mentorship, we had 24 mentors and 25 mentees. So I had one mentor to check out two students. Round two, I had so many students interested that we went up to three dozens with 36 mentors and 36 mentees. The first round was 24 school dates. Round two was 18 days. So I gave them a chunk of time to do so it's not forever. And then also mentors who may not want to do it long term can say, hey, you know, I want to bow out for the next one or have other fifth graders who say, hey, you know, I want some leadership skills. I want to know how I can talk to someone because I'm not really good about it. I said, absolutely, let's go ahead and bring on Brooks. If you've been listening to Lydia's story carefully, you may have caught that she's a looping counselor. I asked her about her thoughts and impressions on looping with her students. Yes, I am a looping counselor. I've been with this fifth grade group since they were in second grade. I love looping because I get to see them grow up. I also get to advocate for them because their teachers may not know their strengths. They may just see weaknesses in them. So I get to come in and say, no, this is why you get to love them. This is why you should love them. This is why they're deserving of love. So yeah, the best part of my job is is standing up for my students. I, I love growing up with them so much. And I think that's why our mentorship program is working this year is because I've had them for so long. Because a couple of years ago when I was a fifth grade counselor, I was still new in the position and we were coming out of COVID, but the behavior was skyrocketing. We were at 25, 30% chronic absenteeism. I couldn't reach them because I was still trying to get to know them, get to know what was going on. And it was just for me various at the time. But I think having this group now, building those relationships, seeing that we've come through so much together, I feel very grateful to have them trust me enough to go, whatever your crazy ideas is, Larimar, we'll, we'll run with you. Isn't that fun? Lydia's passion for her work spills over not only to us, but into her students as she's pouring into them. They're getting excited. They're willing to step out of their comfort zones and they're willing to run with her. I think that's such a cool story. I was so inspired by everything that Lydia had to say, but I asked her one more question. I wanted to know beyond the mentoring program, Beyond slashing those chronic absentee rates, what are some things that she has going on on her campus that really makes her heart sing? So at the same time that I initiated the mentorship program, uh, simultaneously, I also 
threw together a tier one tennis challenge, but it's a school-wide challenge. And in the month of October, I had a golf theme. And the acronym PGA, we changed it to a positive grade level attendance. It was grade level versus grade level. So I like to take patrons of staff and then I Photoshop them pulling golf clubs. And really, it was just I track every day. That was really hard because I had to track every day grade levels, absences. It's just so I can see what the data look like um, front and center and in my hands. And so by doing that, I got to see that we were about 95% in attendance every day, if not more. And so that was hard. And but it was fun because teachers got to see and kids all got to have it. So this year, I've been doing a lot of boards, pretty much every board <laughs> in the front hallway. And that one kids just can actually see like, oh my gosh, my 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 grade level is at this percent because every golf ball would show like what the percentage was and if they made it into the hole first or not or how far away were they from the other grade level. And they just tracked from day one until the last day. And then we gave out these little squishy golf balls that has our name and logo on there. So every kid in that grade level and the teachers too got one of these to take home. And then for our second round that we've started already, this time is called the star because we're actually a star logo. And it stands for Super Trail Attendance Race. So I made every grade level team a different winter sport. Sounds like a lot of fun to be on that campus, doesn't it? It sounds like they're always up to something. And it sounds like Lydia and her counseling team are always dreaming up stuff to try to get everybody buying in and investing in the goal, whatever that might be. And it's paying off. Not only for Lydia and her co-counselor as recipients of this Difference Maker Award, but also for students, for their parents, and really in changing family trees. Because as they continue improving these attendance rates, we know students' academic outcomes are going to be better. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this time hearing about Lydia Laramore and her initiative on her campus. I left the conversation feeling so inspired. I just wanted to run out and start my own program just like it because I can see the potential on every single school campus there is. It reminds me a lot of a two by 10. If you've ever heard of one of those where one staff member makes a concerted effort to visit with the student for two minutes, 10 days in a row. And we know that has tremendous impacts for student outcomes. Just building those relationships and having that one caring, trusted adult that they know they can rely on. This program takes it a step further through peer mentoring, where mentors are able to develop leadership skills, where mentees are getting the opportunity to practice social skills to build relationships on campus with students they might not necessarily cross paths with otherwise and really start to feel empowered, feel like they can start a conversation and feel like they matter. That's important, isn't it? To feel like you matter each day that you arrive at school. I can't thank Lydia enough for sharing her story and I hope it touched your heart as much as it did mine. Keep listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the School for School Counselors podcast. In the meantime, go back and check out some of the episodes you might have missed. Or if you're feeling extra sassy, 
go leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast to not only share them here with everyone, but to entice the algorithm to let other school counselors know about this resource. All right, I hope you have the best week coming up. We're here as always. If you need us, check out our School for School Counselors Facebook group. Keep fighting the good fight. Have the best week. Take care. Thank you.